Good morning. I'm Wimala, and today is June the 3rd, Friday, and we are still reading in Lama Yeshe's book, Becoming Your Own Therapist. We're almost at the end. This is a wonderful book. You can get it as a free PDF, or you can buy it for almost nothing. So, um, it's a book you could, it's a book I could read over and over and uh, get something out of it each time. It's very concise, very direct, very inspiring, and lots of good, lots of good ways to open our thinking. So we were just talking. We're on Make Your Mind an Ocean. That's the second section of the book. And if you have the book, it's, we're on page 108. And he was talking about how intellectualizing and just being a scholar of the spiritual teachings doesn't make a person, um, doesn't make them spiritual people, he says. If they, if they can explain something clearly intellectually, that's not, uh, that's not cutting it. The last of this paragraph, he says, those people are more like tourist guides for the spiritually curious. If you can't put your words into experience, your learning helps neither yourselves nor others. There's a big difference between being able to explain religion intellectually and transforming that knowledge into spiritual experience. You have to put what you've learned into your own experience and understand the results that various actions bring. A cup of tea is probably of more use than learned scholarship of a philosophy that cannot support your mind because you don't have the key. At least it quenches your thirst. Studying a philosophy that doesn't function is a waste of time and energy. And that's where we ended yesterday. I hope that you understand what the word spiritual really means. And this is Lama Yeshe speaking in Australia in 1975. It means to search for, to investigate, the true nature of the mind. There's nothing spiritual outside my rosary isn't spiritual. My robes aren't spiritual. And I could say our mala beads aren't spiritual. Spiritual means the mind and the spiritual people are those who seek its nature, the nature of the mind. Through this, they come to understand the effects of their behavior, the actions of their body, speech, and mind. If you don't understand the karmic results of what you think and do, there's no way for you to become a spiritual person. Just knowing some religious philosophy isn't enough to make you spiritual. To enter the spiritual path, you must begin to understand your own mental attitude and how your mind perceives things. If you're all caught up in attachment to tiny atoms, your limited craving mind will make it impossible for you to enjoy life's pleasures. External energy is so incredibly limited that if you allow yourself to be bound by it, 
your mind itself will become just as limited. When your mind is narrow, small things agitate you very easily. Make your mind an ocean. I want to read that again because it's the whole point of this book. When your mind is narrow, small things agitate you very easily. Make your mind an ocean. We hear religious people talk a lot about morality. What is morality? Morality is the wisdom that understands the nature of the mind. The mind that understands its own nature automatically becomes moral or positive, and the actions motivated by such a mind also become positive. That's what we call morality. The basic nature of the narrow mind is ignorance. Therefore, the narrow mind is negative. If you know the psychological nature of your own mind, Depression is spontaneously dispelled. Instead of being enemies and strangers, all living beings become your friends. The narrow mind rejects wis- the narrow mind rejects. Wisdom accepts. Check your own mind to see whether or not this is true. Even if you were to get every possible sense pleasure that the universe could offer, you would still not be satisfied. That shows that satisfaction comes from within, not from anything external. Sometimes we marvel at the modern world. What fantastic advances scientific technology has made. How wonderful. We never had these things before. But step back and take another look. Many of the things we thought fantastic not so long ago are now rising up against us. Things we developed to help our lives are now hurting us. Don't just look at your immediate surroundings, but check as widely as possible. You'll see the truth of what I'm saying. When we first create material things, we think, oh, this is useful. But gradually, this external energy turns inward and destroys itself. Such is the nature of the four elements, earth, water, fire, and air. This is what Buddhist science teaches us. Your body is no exception to this rule. As long as your elements are cooperating with each other, your body grows beautifully. But after a while, the elements turn against themselves and finish up destroying your life. Why does this happen? Because of the limited nature of material phenomena. When their power is exhausted, they collapse, like the old and crumbling buildings we see around us. When our bodies become sick and decrepit, it's a sign that our internal energies are in conflict, out of balance. This is the nature of the material world. It has nothing to do with faith. As long as we keep being born into the meat, blood, and bone of the human body, we're going to experience bad conditions, whether we believe it or not. This is the natural evolution of the worldly body. The human mind, however, is completely different. 
The human mind has the potential for infinite development. If you can discover, even in a small way, that true satisfaction comes from your mind, you will realize that you can extend this experience without limit and that it is possible to discover everlasting satisfaction. It's actually very simple. You can check for yourself right now. Where do you experience the feeling of satisfaction? In your nose, your eye, your head, your lung, your heart, your stomach. Where is that feeling of satisfaction? In your leg, your hand, your brain. No, it's in your mind. If you say it's in your brain, why can't you say it's in your nose or your leg? Why do you differentiate? If your leg hurts, you feel it down there, not inside your head. Anyway, whatever pain, pleasure, or other feeling you experience, it's all an expression of mind. When you say, I had a good day today, it shows that you're holding in your mind the memory of a bad day. Without the mind creating labels, there's neither good experience nor bad. When you say that tonight's dinner was good, it means that you're holding the experience of a bad dinner in mind. Without the experience of a bad dinner, it's impossible for you to call tonight's good. Similarly, I'm a good husband, I'm a bad wife, are also merely expressions of mind. Someone who says, I am bad, is not necessarily bad. Someone who says, I am good, is not necessarily good. Perhaps a man who says, I'm such a good husband, does so because his mind is full of the disturbing negative mind of pride. His narrow mind stuck in the deluded, concrete belief that he's good actually causes much difficulty for his wife. How then is he a good husband? Even if he does provide food and clothing for his wife, how can he be a good husband when day after day she has to live with his arrogance? If you can understand the psychological aspects of human problems, you can really generate true loving-kindness toward others. Just talking about loving-kindness doesn't help you develop it. Some people may have read about loving-kindness hundreds of times, but their minds are the very opposite. It's not just philosophy, not just words. It's knowing how the mind functions. Only then can you develop loving-kindness. Only then can you become a spiritual person. Otherwise, though you might be convinced you're a spiritual person, it's just intellectual, like the arrogant man who believes he's a good husband. It's a fiction. Your mind just makes it up. It is so worthwhile that you devote your precious human life to controlling your mad elephant mind and giving direction to your powerful mental energy. <clears throat> if you don't harness your mental energy, confusion will continue to rage through your mind 
and your life will be completely wasted. Be as wise with your own mind as you possibly can. That makes your life worthwhile. I don't have much else to tell you, but if you have questions, please ask. And let's see, he has several pages of Q&A. That look like good questions. And that is the end of his wonderful book. So we don't have time today to do the questions. We'll do the questions, the Q&A for this uh, great book, the final Q&A on Sunday. So um, this is good. Isn't this a wonderful if you're If you've been reading along with me, I hope you've enjoyed it. I think it's just great. I love what he says uh, about loving kindness. If you can understand the psychological aspects of human problems, you can really generate true loving kindness toward others. Just talking about it doesn't help you develop it. Some people may have read about it hundreds of times, but their minds are the very opposite. It's not just philosophy, not just words. It's knowing how the mind functions. Only then can you develop loving kindness. Only then can you become a spiritual person. And it is so worthwhile that you devote your precious human life to controlling your mad elephant mind and giving direction to your powerful mental energy. So I think the Q&A will be very interesting. And uh, then we'll be done with this lovely book. Thank you, Todd Nielsen, for giving it to me. So why don't we sit? We have about 10 or 12 minutes. I switched again, so I... I was so excited to read the book today that I just completely jumped into it uh, and forgot that I'd been switching meditation first and reading after. So I hope that didn't throw you. So let's, we'll, we'll meditate. We'll sit together now. And you know, if you don't, if, if you're uncomfortable with the word meditation, you can just say, I'm going to sit. You just sit silently. And uh, that's what we're doing. We're just learning how to be with ourselves quietly and without the clutter in our mind uh, distracting us at every breath. We're learning to find a focus, and that's our breath as we begin. And we're just learning to... We want to be with this mind of ours to understand it. But to begin to understand it, we need to to get it at least calmed down a little bit so we can uh, sit with it for a while. If we can't calm the mind at all, which we all can do eventually if we work at it, uh, we, we just would be running around all the time. 
doing everything the mind wants us to do. So we're just learning how to sit with ourselves and be calm and uh, learn to understand our mind and ourselves. So, just be aware of the body breathing. If you come to be seated and your mind feels very restless or you feel like you're still somewhere else, you can stop even if you've started just with uh, your normal breath and take a few deep breaths in and out just to bring yourself into the body, into the present moment. You can always come back no matter how restless, no matter how distracted. Just a few breaths and then come back to your natural, normal breath. You can count your breaths to help you stay focused. If you lose track of the breath you're on, you can just start over again. Or with each inhale, just say mentally to yourself, breathing in and then breathing out. As other thoughts arise, be aware of them. That's the work of the mind, but we don't have to pay attention to all these thoughts. We're learning to be able to focus where we want to focus. So allow the thoughts to come and then just allow them to go and pass because you're not paying attention to them.
Take in what's coming to you through your sense doors, other than your eyes right now. Be aware of sounds and touch, smells, taste. Don't get caught up in them, just exactly like your thoughts. See them, experience them, hear the sounds, but don't get distracted by them. Just keep coming back to the breath. Be with your breath. And as we finish, may everything we do and say and think today be not only for our benefit, but for the benefit of all sentient beings. May we understand loving kindness from experience. Thank you.
So I'll see you Sunday, and thank you so much for being a big part of my practice. Have a beautiful day, and practice loving kindness, and see how it feels. See if you're if it's coming from the heart, if it's coming from that ocean, not from that narrow point of view, but from the ocean, the ocean of our hearts and minds. Thank you.